Lazarus Jones and the Circular Bones Episode 3 of Season 1 Lazarus and Nimble slept soundly in their room at the meandering mare. Normally, Lazarus had trouble sleeping in a new place, but he was so exhausted from his very long day that he had fallen asleep almost as soon as his head hit the pillow. When he woke up, Nimbles was sitting in a chair, staring out of the window, sipping on a mug of ale. <laughs> What's up, Nims? You drinking beer for breakfast? Breakfast? Uh, it's past supper time. You slept most of the day away. But that's to be expected. Interdimensional travel is difficult on younger bodies. You can't be more than 20, I suppose. 20? I'm 13. 13? A prepubescent? Ah, come on, man. Can we not talk about that? Hey, if I have to suffer through your consistent social faux pas, I think it's only fair that you can talk about whether or not you are a sexually mature member of your species. Damn, man, fine. I guess I started puberty, but do we have to talk about it? Oh, very well. Then I shall not expect you to be bringing any female company back to the room. Mm -mm. Very good. At that moment, there was a knock at the door. Nimbles hopped off of the chair and opened the door. Outside stood the tall elf who had brought dinner the night before. He looked at Lazarus with a concerned look. He handed two bowls to Nimbles and gave a nod. The elf closed the door as Nimbles carried the bowls back to the small table. You seem to like the stew yesterday, so I had them bring you up a double portion this time. Ugh, snake stew? Okay, whatever. I'm hungry. Yo, so, your lady's going to be here tomorrow then, right? Well, she's intending on meeting us at the Griffin's Roost, so we'll have to go there. Now, you know... On second thought, why don't you plan to stay here, and I'll go and wait outside at the Griffin's Roost. I'm sure the regulars there would recognize you at once. Dang, this is gonna suck. Wish you guys had cell phones. Cell phones? Yeah, so like, uh, damn. Y'all don't even have regular phones, right? Uh, okay, okay. A cell phone is like um, a small thing you hold in your hand. And then you can talk to someone else, no matter how far away they are, as long as they have a cell phone. So if I hold this cell phone in my hand, I just talk and someone else can hear me? Nah, man. You gotta hold it up to your face and you talking to it. Dang. I don't know nothing. You just need to know that if you had a cell phone, you could talk to anyone, no matter how far away they is from you. No, no matter, like, how far away? You mean to tell me that I could talk to Urzel at the Griffin's Roost while I was here at the Meandering Man? You could talk to her on her ship, bruh, while you were here. Wait, I, I thought you said your world doesn't have magic. Yeah, it ain't magic. It's science. Science? Yeah, you know, like learning about how stuff works. I don't know, man. I ain't very good at science. I wish I could be calling Mama right now. I bet she's super mad at me. Damn, she might even be crying. Oh man, I'm gonna be in so much trouble if I don't get back home. Can I uh, see your cell phone? Man, you woke me up when you were stealing from Mama. I'm lucky I fell asleep in my clothes. It's, it's on the dresser in my room. 
Well, I hope uh, we can get a couple cell phones back here so that I can always speak to Arzel. Nah, man. They won't work here. You gotta have cell towers and electricity. Nimbles pounded his fist into his palm, frustrated. Lazarus was glad that Nimbles did not ask what a cell tower was. After Lazarus finished his bowls of stew, Nimbles taught Lazarus a game called Barrels of Fish that consisted of a flat board with squares on it, much like a checkered board. Each square had a divot in it, which helped to hold colorful stones that were the fish of the game. Lazarus was just beginning to understand the game mechanics when he let loose a big yawn. It looks like that magic use is catching back up to you again. Why don't we turn in? Lazarus just nodded, and they both turned in for the night. Lazarus was still exhausted from the interdimensional trip, despite having just recently woken up from a long slumber, and quickly fell asleep once more. In the morning, they broke their fast on some sausages and eggs, and Nimbles got ready to go wait outside of the griffin's roost. All right, kid. You don't know anything about our world here. Word will travel fast about the human child who used magic without anything to help him. I think it's best if you stay here in this room until I return with Urzel. Lazarus nodded, but was not looking forward to spending who knows how long trapped in their small room. He was glad to find several books in the room after Nimbles departed. Unfortunately, while the people of this land spoke what Lazarus would call English, they had an entirely different writing system than Lazarus's homeworld. Lazarus spent several hours pacing around the room and looking out the window. Nimbles had warned him about leaving the room, as he did not know who might be looking for him after the incident with the barman. Finally, more than an hour after the sun had set, Nimbles and Urzel burst through the door. Put out the lights, Pop! Lazarus quickly blew out the lamp, plunging the room into darkness. Get away from the windows! Lazarus, Nimbles, and Urzel fell to the floor, quietly listening. After several tense moments, Lazarus had had enough. Yo, Nims, what's going on? Kyle's Heartless are after us. I think we lost him in the crowded street, but it's hard to tell. There were so many. Kyle? Who the hell is Kyle? You got people with just straight-up normal names like Kyle here? And he's Heartless? What, what are you talking about, Nims? Kyle is an evil sorcerer. He's not heartless. His creations are. Yo, what the hell? You put me into this crazy magic world and now there's cats out here trying to kill us. Yeah, I, I think that's correct. Cats are people? You got it. All right, then, yes. He certainly has a peculiar vernacular, doesn't he, my love? Yes. At first, I thought perhaps he was an idiot. But the more time I speak with him, the more likely it is that he just has a different way of using language than we're used to. Anyway, we need to determine a plan for, for escape, and then also a plan to reach Balthazar. Balthazar? That sleazy old wizard? Ugh. Nimbles and Urzel discussed their plans on escaping the inn in hushed tones. It became apparent that Nimbles had explained to Urzel about Lazarus's ability to channel magic without the use of a spell or potion. She kept giving Lazarus a suspicious side-eye glance as she and Nimbles laid out a plan. Yo, lady, what's the deal? My deal, pup, is that unrestrained power in one person often leads to destruction. Look who's talking, lady. You were just talking about killing and kidnapping people just a few days ago. Looks like you got some unrestrained power, too. I have worked hard to remove myself from that life of pillaging and murder. How dare you? Uh, shh, shh. 
I, I hear something outside. Nimbles carefully crept over to the window and peered out, working to show as little of his face as possible. After a quick moment, Nimbles fell back to the floor. The Heartless, they're here. They killed everyone in the street who didn't flee. There's at least 30 of them, maybe more. If they know we're here, they could be very well out back, too. Urzel, my love, I'm not sure how we're going to get out of this. Make the pup do something. You said he has magic. He, he reacted on instinct, though. I don't know if he can do it at command at this point. Lazarus, can you do something? What? I, I, I don't know. I ain't never did the whole hand-melting trick before. I didn't even know it was me until you said it was. With that, the door to their room flew open, and in staggered the tall elf who had brought them their food before. He took a few faltering steps and fell to the floor. His face and chest were covered in blood. Heartless. In the kitchen. Urzel leapt to the door and forced it shut. She turned the key in the lock and quickly began shoving furniture in front of the door. Lazarus watched helplessly as the light faded from the elf's eyes. No, no, bro. No, 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 no. Lazarus had never seen anyone die before, but he had seen his granny's lifeless body at her funeral, and this young elf had in an instant transformed from a living being to an inanimate object. No longer someone, but just something. Terrified, Lazarus backed away from the corpse, his back against the wall now, deep breaths racking his own body. As Urzel finished moving the last piece of furniture in front of the door, a great pounding began. Yo, yo, how, how is this real? What, what is happening? No, 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 The pounding no. gave way to the heavy thunks of an axe chopping into wood. Just as the heavy, solid wood door began to splinter, the noise stopped. Lazarus, Nimbles, and Urzel all breathed a collective sigh of relief, oh only to hear the smashing of both windows in the room. Heavy cobblestones had been dug up from the road and thrown through the windows. They had all quickly covered their faces with their hands when they heard the glass shatter. Lazarus's arms were still covering his face when a great heat and light burst into the room. Lazarus moved his arms to see several torches laying on the floor of the room. As he stared in disbelief, Several more torches were flung into the room, and the drapes began to burn a few feet from him. No, God, no! <laughs> Lazarus pulled himself up from the floor as the smoke grew more and more thick in the room. He ran to one of the windows. Just as Nimbles had said, there were some 30-odd people standing quietly in the street. Humans, elves, and dwarves. They were eerily quiet and still. As Lazarus stared at them, one quickly raised a crossbow and fired at him. Startled and just barely moving in time, Lazarus felt the quarrel race through the flesh of his right cheek, grazing him and sinking deep into the ceiling several feet behind him. A face! Lazarus covered his cheek with his hand and then quickly pulled it away to look. Blood covered his palm. Dumbstruck, Lazarus looked up to see Nimbles and Urzel, despair written across their faces. Without answers, they all stood still, the fire creeping ever nearer to them. Lazarus could feel the flesh on his shins beginning to blister. And then, his necklace began to glow. Lazarus, thou must take action! What? What should I do? There's, there's fire, there's, there's arrows, there's, there's someone with an axe at the door! Ain't nothing I can do! Use thine emotions to command the forces of nature to do thy bidding. 
laws of nature and bend them to thine will. Thou art their master. They must serve thee. How, man? I don't get this. Do it now. Lazarus held his hand out half-heartedly towards the flames. Fire! Stop! Bend them to thine will. With that, the stone on the necklace went dark. Lazarus stared at the flames, their dancing tongues multiplying across the floor. He had nothing to stop them. Nimbles and Urzel began to scream in pain as the flames crept closer. And then Lazarus remembered. He remembered his older self in the cave with the trolls. He remembered calling to the torch flames and they came to him. He remembered who he had been in his daydream of the other place. This place. He did it so effortlessly when he was in the cave, and now he was truly in that same world. He stuck out his hand once more and began to pull at the fire. At first, nothing happened, but his concentration solidified, and he began to feel the fire as a thing he could touch with his mind. This was not one torch flame at a time. It was now a raging inferno, but it was still a fire, and he would be its master. He pulled and pulled, and the flames began to move towards his outstretched arm. Slowly, the fire crept back from Nimbles and Urzel. Faster and faster, the flames crawled towards Lazarus. Finally, Lazarus rushed to the window and threw his arm out towards the crowd of Heartless on the street. The great flame flew like a cloud towards the motionless Heartless. Moving his arm back and forth, Lazarus showered the Heartless with the fire. They burned in silence, standing still until their muscles and sinews turned to charcoal. Their lifeless bodies fell to heaps of black embers. Woo! Oh yeah! Look, now we're cooking! A great force struck the door several times, and an ogre forced his head in through the splintered door. He pulled his head out and then stuck a massive, well-muscled arm into the room, tossing furniture aside. Before Lazarus could react, the ogre kicked in the door and squeezed his massive frame through the doorway. It had a gaping wound right in the center of his chest, where its heart should be. It pulled its axe back, preparing for a sideways swing as the ceiling was much too low for an overhead attack. And then, Urzel leapt from the side of the room, a dagger in her hand. She thrust the black metal blade into the neck of the ogre and pulled back savagely. The ogre tried to reach for her with its free hand, but she darted swiftly under its reach and then stabbed the ogre multiple times in the stomach. <laughs> Eerily, the ogre suffered all of this in silence. Urzel stabbed until the ogre went still and toppled over. There had been no life in the ogre's eyes, but it was now motionless. Nimbles ran up to the corpse and kicked the ogre square in the nose. My love, you are always such a wonderful help to me. The orcess fell to her knees and took the diminutive gnome into her arms. She crushed Nimbles to her breast, sobbing in relief that they had not been engulfed in flames. Oh, my darling, we're safe. Nimbles wrapped his arms around her neck and made shushing noises, comforting her. Lazarus stood in shock. The quick act of violence shook him to his core. As he stood there, though, fatigue swiftly crept into his body. Yo, guys... I'm like, really tired. And suddenly, 
Lazarus collapsed to the floor, exhaustion taking control of him and stealing his consciousness. Lazarus woke to an odd swaying motion. Back and forth, his body was rocking side to side. He opened his eyes to see thick hair right before his face. He slowly sat up, shielding his eyes from the bright sunlight. I feel like I got hit by a truck. A truck? What is a truck? Don't pester him now, my love. He has depleted his energy by using so much magic without being more skilled. Oh, why are you two yelling? I am speaking in a very reasonable volume. Thank you very much. My sweet, he's like a man who is drunk too much. Light and sound give him great pain. Be gentle with him. He did, after all, save us from that fire. Ugh, you're right. I shall try and speak more softly. Lazarus, thank you. Uh. Oh, oh, sorry, Lazarus. Thank you for our lives. We are forever grateful to you. Lazarus laid back down against the thick hair, which he just now realized was the mane of a donkey. The animal walked beside Nimbles and Urzel, who were on foot. Lazarus took a deep breath, inhaling the scent of the animal. Ugh, this donkey stinks. Oh my god. Well, you know, donkeys aren't known for the pleasant scent. But we've been slowly walking by night for a couple of days now, and we could not have carried you for this long. Days? What the hell? Every time I sleep in this place, I'm out for way too long. Lazarus groaned again, reacting to his own uh, loud volume. I, I don't care anymore. I want to go back to sleep. Yeah, I don't think you can now. We're nearing the river. Hey, you'll need to be awake once we get into the boat. There are many rapids we'll need to navigate. A boat? Why are we getting on a boat? Ugh. The river is the quickest way to the closest set of Boneway. I don't know about you, but I don't want to have any more run-ins with Kyle's Heartless. Ah, uh, hell nah. You're right. That sucked. I mean, it was cool when I burnt those guys up, but I'm tired as hell after that. I'm not ready for that again anytime soon. Oh, for sure. After you passed out, we got you out of the meandering mare immediately. We tried to carry you while staying hidden during the day, but it was slow going. Urzel had the wonderful idea to get this trusty steed for you. Steed? Dang, people really talk like that? Wow. Okay, how long we gotta be on the boat? And we have to travel to the village of Tashave, maybe, I don't know, three days? It's more than 70 miles down the river. Three days? How are we gonna pee? It's certainly easy enough to make your water off the side of the boat. What? What? A lady here? <laughs> you think I haven't seen much worse on board my own ship with my crew? Well, well, yeah. Uh, still. He's as shy as a maid, my love. <laughs> well, we'll be taking breaks from the boat to eat and sleep. You'll just have to hold it in until then, or else... Brave the female view. <laughs> and besides, we'll need to change your bandages from time to time. Lazarus reached up to his face and felt a thick cloth wrapped around it. He tried to pull the cloth from his face, but the blood from his crossbow wound on his cheek had coagulated into the cloth. You're just going to have to rip it off, pup. I am really missing the ER right now. 
ER. Emergency room? It's part of the hospital where doctors work on people who are really sick or hurt bad. And a hospital is where a doctor works? Yo, I do not need to get hurt out here again. Yes, a hospital is where all the doctors and nurses work. All of the doctors? How many doctors? Yeah, all the doctors. Well, each hospital has a lot of doctors. There's a lot of hospitals in my city. I mean, I don't know how many, but damn, this cut hurts hella bad. You don't even know how many doctors there are in your city? Oh my. I can't even think of what that would mean. Do people ever die in your world? What? Yeah, they die. We got doctors, but they can't fix everything. Like, like cancer. Or like if your ass gets shot a lot. Why would you die if your donkey gets shot with many arrows? Yes, that does not make sense. Okay, I meant ass as in your butt or your body. Dang, you guys don't know no slang. Ah, I understand now. So many arrows in your body would still kill a person in your world. <sighs> when they reached the river, there was a small village there. Urzel was able to barter the donkey for a boat large enough for the three of them. Urzel stayed with Lazarus as Nimbles went to purchase some provisions. Fortunately, Urzel had quite a lot of coin in her purse from the sale of the plunder in her ship. She started a fire near the shore where they had pulled the boat up. She had a small pot in her satchel that they used to boil some water. After it had cooled for a bit, they poured the hot water down Lazarus's face to loosen the bandage. Urzel still ended up tearing the bandage free. Ah! After they had put a fresh bandage on Lazarus's face and Nimbles had returned with provisions, they loaded the boat and cast off into the Luminor River. Hey, how are we going to steer this thing? We will use the paddles, of course. You mean we got to do this thing by hand for three days? Yes. How else would we steer? Man, I don't know. A rudder? Or a motor? A rudder is on a great ship, not on a small boat such as this. And I don't know what a motor is. Yeah, I bet you don't. Fortunately, we're going downriver, so you won't have to paddle against the current. Yeah, that is fortunate. When do I have to change this bandage again? Lazarus Jones and the Circular Bones was written by the Big Dirty Monster. You can follow him and all of his exploits at BigDirtyMonster.com. Music for this podcast was created by Matthew Jameson. Learn more about his work at MatthewJamesonMusic.com. Story editing by Matt Mills. You can find his work at PennyMagic.com. Co. Lazarus Jones was played by Nico Schumpert. Nimbles was played by Ken Wolf. Balthazar was played by Daniel McFarland. Urzel was played by Kelly Bono. The Elf was played by Matthew Jameson. <laughs>